You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. Well, tonight we are ending our Couch Combos series, and I am super, super, super excited because the lady that we are interviewing tonight is amazing. And I think if there is a few words to describe this lady, it would be steady, unwavering, and joyful. And we see actually Jesus talks about this. When we build our house on the rock, on the rock of who God is, on the rock of his word, even when the rains come, when the floods come, our house is not going to be moved. Why? It's not because we have it all together, but it's because we trust in an unchanging God. And this lady, Miss Donna, she is one of the people that I know who has one of the greatest and strongest trusts in who God is. And so if you guys wanna welcome up Miss Donna, I am super, super excited. Yeah, for you, Miss Donna. Thank you for those kind words, Mr. Gabe, but I have to tell you my first observation is this is not a couch. Oh, this is not a couch. So this is a chair. We are misleading. We are misleading. Oh gosh. We're gonna have to give an account for that. Oh gosh. Oh baby. Oh man. Well, starting the interview off right, critiquing us. I'm, I appreciate it. I love you, Gabe. Thank you. Thank you. We'll try and love, even through the hardship. Oh, to love is a choice, right? You have to choose love. Okay, 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 interesting. Well, Miss Donna, let's get this started right. If you had to describe yourself using two fruits to our people here, what would you pick? You're critiquing my, my setup here. So two fruits, Miss Donna. Two fruits, good gravies. Um, that's not a fruit, gravy not, and good. It, but it Neither is a one vegetable. of them are fruits. It is a vegetable. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> gravy is a, me kids, can you have gravy? Oh. It's on the it's on the meat and three vegetable list. Gravy. Just go in there. So Praise back God. to the question. I would say an apple. Why? Uh, because I'm short and round. <laughs> and uh, I would also say a grape. <laughs> because why? Not because I'm Shorter. short and round. Because <laughs> Don't go there, buddy. Do not go there. <laughs> I would say a grape because depending on what day it is, is how juicy and sweet I can be versus how sour and shriveled. <laughs> Isn't that the truth for all fruits, though? But you asked for two. That was what came to my Are mind. Are you a green grape or a purple grape? I am or a, a cotton candy grape. grape. Oh, a cotton candy grape. Those cost more. So Does yes. anybody know the origin of cotton candy grapes? Ellie and I had a discussion about this the other day, and I don't know. <laughs> so for, for, for some bonus points, if y'all can figure out the origin of cotton candy grapes and tell me after service, I'd appreciate it. All right, now let's get back to it. Okay. So, Miss Donna... I asked you before, you know, when we were talking about uh, getting together and speaking to the students, I asked you to be praying about something to share. Mm -hmm. And what is it that you would like to share to our students? 
Okay, so um, the, the first thing that I want to share is a, a truth that um, you, you need to live by. Um, first of all, I have to say, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is not going to make a lot of sense. So if you don't, before you leave tonight, please consider asking him to be, be your Savior. But um, with that being said, you have to know who you're going to run to in a time of tragedy before the tragedy hits. You have to be assured of and grow in your relationship with Jesus in the good times. So when a bad time comes along, that's going to be the first name that comes out of your mouth. Not in a profane way, but in a way of crying out to him for help. So know who you're going to run to in that time of tragedy before the tragedy hits. That's good, Ms. Donna. That's really good. So know who you're going to run to. Um, and I think that truth kind of encapsulates a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, and, and I want to, again, I want to encourage you guys. Um, what we're talking about tonight um, as we go through this interview uh, is, not, is not light stuff. It's heavy stuff. But the reminder, just as Miss Donna said, our goal is not to scare you. Our goal is not to put fear in your heart. Our goal is to constantly be there to remind you who to run through. Because regardless of who you are, regardless of where you are at in life, you are going to face tragedy and tough circumstances. You are going to. But we see even in the book of James, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind for the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so as we talk through things tonight, our goal is to remind you that your God is there for you, that your God loves you, and that before you go anywhere else, go to your God for he is a firm foundation. So Ms. Donna, um, would, can you kind of share a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your story, and then a little bit about um, your story over the past couple of years. Okay. Well, obviously, my name is Donna. Uh, I have been at church in this building for a um, couple of hundred years now. Uh, Y'all heard that. <laughs> I didn't even like. pull it out I'm, of her. No, she said it. I, yeah. So, um, I... Uh, was married for 34 years. I have three fantastic children. I have one wonderful son-in-law and I have the most adorable grandchild you have ever laid your eyes on. She is, she is just, oh. I think, I think, I think Ellie and no, our baby's gonna I'm ride I'm sorry, her. it'll be cute. I think so. But it's not Melania cute. We're not Maybe. biased though. Neither one of <laughs> yeah, us Yeah, I'm not at biased. all prejudiced towards my, my grandchild. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've served the Lord for a long time. Uh, I have uh, worked in church world. I have worked in the secular world. Um, I have uh, taught Sunday school. I worked with kids. I worked with youth. Um, I work with the women's ministry now. Uh, I've sang on many praise bands. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've spent a whole life um, in church and, uh, I have a relationship, though, with Jesus Christ. Um, I, I made a profession of faith when I was nine years old. Uh, and when I say I made a profession of faith, I walked up to the front of the church and said, hey, I want to be baptized. And the pastor said, okay. 
and he, you know, he didn't ask me if my parents had led me to the Lord. My parents didn't ask me if the pastor had led me to the Lord. So consequently, I just got baptized. You know what that means? I got really wet. And there was really nothing to go with it. Although, because of that blanket of protection, all those years I was in church, I was filling up my head with all of this biblical knowledge. But then in February 1991, I was 28 years old. I asked Jesus to be my savior. I won't give you all the details. We'll be here too long. But all of this knowledge here fell to here. And it suddenly made sense. So anything that you're learning right now is valuable. It's so valuable. Because it's going to make sense one day. So I have spent the rest of my life serving Jesus trying to know him better, striving to, to build my relationship with him. So when something tragic happens, I knew where to run. Um, my tragedy, how many of y'all know me? Okay, how many of y'all knew my husband? He was such a goofball, such a goofball. So um, on March the 13th, 2021, uh, started out as a normal day, went and had coffee. It was a Saturday. We went and had coffee. We went to work. We um, did work stuff. You know, it was really exciting. Kevin came in and said he didn't feel real good. Um, he had uh, he had problems with AFib, and he said he was feeling a little AFibish because that was his, his term for that. Um, we got home. I was in the kitchen. Um, fixing lunch. He got up and said, hey, babe, I'm going to the bathroom. Okay. It's not unusual. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary with that. Um, his phone rang. I took it to the door and said, hey, babe, you got a phone call. And he said, lay it down. I'll get it when I come out. I made it back to the kitchen. I heard a pop. The dog came running out of the bedroom. I walked in, and I said, baby, okay? And there was no answer. Um, as I walked around the bed, I knew something wasn't right. And when I opened the door, he, he had taken his own life. There are no words. There are no words to describe that moment. Other than... Jesus was right there. I didn't know where my phone was, which is not unusual. If you know me, I lose it all the time. <laughs> so I was running through the house looking for my phone, and all I could say was, Jesus, 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 we're going to be okay, aren't we, Jesus? Jesus, are we going to be okay? Jesus, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay, Jesus. I know we're okay, Jesus. Finally found my phone, made the phone calls. Within a few minutes, my house was full of strangers. Um, there were firemen, policemen, uh, detectives, EMS. don't know why they, they bothered to come, but EMS um, and coroners. Uh, it was a very long afternoon, to say the least. Um, I don't know why. I, I don't know what the trigger was. Um, 
I just know he was gone. And all I could do was sit on the couch and wait for all of these people in my house to tell me what to do next. And as I sat there, kind of like this, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. I was just praying. And just, Jesus, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what's going on. And it was so quiet in the house. <laughs> there was a police officer stationed outside of our bedroom door, which to this day cracks me up because I don't know what he thought I was going to do. But he was just standing there. And um, I said, Alexa, play praise and worship. Because that's all I knew to go to. I, I knew the enemy couldn't stay where worship was going on. So when Alexa came on, the song Just Be Held by Casting Crowns was the first song that played. Now, I couldn't remember that for weeks. I, I was like, there was this fantastic song. If Jesus had sat down beside me, it would have been the words he would have said to me. It was, it was everything I needed to hear. I just couldn't remember what the song was. All I could remember were that he collects your tears and that your life's not falling apart, it's falling into place, which is something I really didn't grasp right at that moment. But I realized months down the road that restoration for my life started at that moment. And that's because Jesus sat down on the couch right next to me and wrapped his arms around me in a way that I can't explain other than he, he carried me through that. And I mean, obviously that is, nobody would ever, 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 ever want to walk through anything like that. No, no. Um, it, it's to this day, um, it's still a nightmare. Yeah. It's still a nightmare. Um, but God is good. Yeah. And uh, he is faithful. And uh, if I can just go on just a, a little bit with the story. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is tell my children that their father was gone and how it happened. And then to tell his parents, his mom and his brother. And then my friends started showing up because word was trickling out. And um, it was just, it was, it was, I was literally just going through the motions of just existing. I, I was praying. I was asking God to help me, asking God to help my family. Um, I was trying to be there to encourage them, to, to help them wrap their minds around something we couldn't understand. But the point I want to get to is the next morning. God gave me sleep that night, which I still am grateful for. But the next morning, I got up and I went to take a shower. And when I say morning, I mean the middle of the night because I, I slept for a little while. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I went and got in the shower 
And I was just crying. I mean, sobbing in the shower. God, I don't understand why. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what on earth would have caused this to happen. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in a way that was so gentle and so kind. And he said, Donna, my plan for you hasn't changed. It just looks very different than it looked yesterday. But my plan is still good and not to do you harm. It is still to give you a future and to give you a hope. And the hope that you have is what I'm going to bring to you. That moment was when peace came over me and I thought, we're going to be able to go on. Because the enemy is not getting any victory out of this. I was on to him and every chance that God allows me to speak a word that will defeat the enemy, like talking here tonight, I'm on it. I'm on it. And I mean, yeah, how do you, so you've talked a little bit about how God spoke to you, but how did you, or how have you continued to kind of walk through tragedy? Um, every day, every day I get up and I say, Lord, what are we going to do today? Jesus, use me today. Jesus, heal my heart today. Um, some days are really hard. Um, some days are, are hard. <laughs> and then there's really hard. But I have decided that every day is a good day. Some mm. days are just gooder than others. But you know, God has provided for me. He has... Um, brought people into my life he has sent uh just angels to surround me uh in ways that i I, honey we could be here till next week with me telling you that but the biggest thing is um through the word every morning i get up and spend time with jesus in in the word through music um through just the determination that I'm going to be joyful because um, even though on March the 13th, I I had, you know, I'd lived for 34 years married to this man. I loved him with all my heart and soul. We were best friends. Not, I, I was a very blessed woman that I not only loved my husband with all my heart, I liked him. I liked being around him. We had a fun time. It was a good marriage. And, you know, I've got a lot of good memories to look at. Um, and to, to go back on. But the day that Kevin died, my identity didn't change. I can be joyful because my identity is not that I was Kevin Shera's wife. My identity is I'm a child of Jesus. I'm a child of God. And even though tragedy hit and my husband uh, has gone on to glory, I did not change my identity at all. So finding joy in what came after tragedy is all based in uh, my relationship with Christ. That's good. That's so good, Miss Donna. And what would you tell um, someone now who 
who maybe is, is struggling with suicidal thoughts or, or who maybe has a friend who has struggled with that and confided in them? So I, I made some notes because, y'all, seriously, I'm old and I can't remember everything I wanted to say. But a um, few things. One, uh, God is always speaking to us. Don't ever believe the lie that God's not talking to you because he is. He, he's using an old woman right now to talk to you. Um, my words are words that he gave me. Um, he talks to us through music. Um, he talks to us through the word. He talks to us through sermons. He talks to us through our friends. Just make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right kind of friends that God can talk through. Um, but he's always talking to us. What we have to do is take time to learn what his voice sounds like and to stop long enough to listen. Um, I know y'all live in a busy world that is filled with a lot of crap. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things competing for your attention. Just take a few minutes every day to stop and cultivate your spiritual hearing so you can know when God's speaking to you because he, he wants to talk to you. He wants to encourage you. Um, don't believe the lie that Christians don't struggle with depression, with anxiety, or with suicidal thoughts. That's a lie from the pit. Depression and anxiety is a chemical imbalance in your body. God created us. He knows what those struggles are. Um, yes, these things can be um, heightened by our circumstances, but it's, it's not something that you need to be ashamed of if you struggle with these things. It's not something that you need to hide if you struggle with these things. My precious husband struggled with depression before I ever knew him. It started when he was in middle school. So he struggled with that for a long time. Um, if you have suicidal thoughts, don't dwell on them. Don't dwell on them. Um, the scripture tells us to take every thought captive. And when we do that, we take it, we mull it over, we go, hmm, is this a thought that God would give me or is this a thought that the enemy would give me? And once you determine that, if it's a thought the enemy would give you, throw it out. Throw it out right then. Go to that safe space. Talk to that safe person. Get them to help you dwell on the things that are not of that. Um, those thoughts, if you dwell on them, can eventually turn into actions. And guys, that's an action that is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, I, I honestly believe when my husband decided, made that final decision, I think he was in, he was in such a, a state that the enemy um, had lied to him for so many years that he thought that was his only way out. Not taken into account right then that that's not a decision you can take back. And I know he did not think about the aftermath 
that was going to happen. Um, big one here. Do not allow yourself to be isolated. Now, y'all have just come through a pandemic. How isolated did you feel? Did anybody feel isolated during the pandemic? Yeah. The enemy had a heyday with that, y'all. He had a heyday with that because when, when the devil can get you isolated, he can kind of have, have a heyday with you. He can, he can play all kinds of tricks, throw thoughts your way, make you dwell on things. Find that person that you can go and, and talk to, even if you call them up in the middle of the night. Don't allow yourself to be isolated. My husband worked in a job where he was by himself eight hours a day. He, he worked for a company uh, where he was in the truck driving around. He, did, he worked in construction, so he would go in and work in a house and leave and go to the next house. Um, then the pandemic hit, and that's when you could, now in retrospect, I can see where his downward spiral started because he was isolated all day, every day. He was isolated from the men's ministry group that he loved so much. Uh, they weren't able to meet. He was isolated from his family um, with the exception of me and, and uh, our dogs. That was, but you know, for a man, he needed, he needed that, that interaction with other men. Um, so don't allow yourself to be isolated. Uh, you always need that kind of backup. And the last thing is God is all-knowing. He is all-seeing, and he is all-powerful. He's all the omnis, you know, the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. Um, so he's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, unrestricted by time or space. God is limitless, yet he's very intimate. A low view of God in a crisis means that the crisis can own you. I'm going to tell you that again. A low view of God in a crisis means that the crisis can own you. A high view of God says that the crisis no longer has the last word. I cannot deny the circumstances, but I can refuse to give the circumstances the final say. You have the ability to fight. You have the ability to give God the final word for you. Do not allow your circumstances to give you, to have the final say because you have a low, low view of God. That's good. That's good. And, and for those of us, so just in general, who are walking through something hard, or even if, if you address, you know, say me directly, Miss Donna, I've lost a friend to overdose and my granddad in the past three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. What is your advice to walking through hard things? Um, so I want to share a verse with you first. It's Isaiah 41.10. Um, when uh, Kevin died, the day he died, um, the police wouldn't, obviously, you know, they, they were all, all in the house. Um, I finally went to my office, and there was a sticky note on my computer screen that I had jotted down this scripture a few days before 
because I was working on a Bible study and I wanted to research it a little more. So I wrote it on a little sticky note and I stuck it on my computer so I wouldn't forget about it. That sticky note went from sticky note size to about <laughs> this big when I walked in that room and it was what, what, it, what it had said was, <laughs> um, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I'm your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Y'all, it wasn't a coincidence that I had written that a few days before because God wanted to speak to me really loudly right then to tell me, don't be afraid, I'm here with you. Um, so, at the risk of, of um, well, please take this in the spirit that it's meant. So when, um, um, when something like that happens, um, you have to look at it in a, in a broader perspective, in a, an internal perspective. I really feel that um, when Kevin, um, when Kevin, pulled that trigger Jesus was there to catch him I feel like the whole time God was saying Donnie or Kevin you don't have to do this Kevin you don't have to do this but I feel like God knew in his infinite wisdom that Kevin uh, Kevin had suffered long enough that he, he released him the enemy intended to destroy him and us me in the process and all he did is he released Kevin so God knows when it comes to that point in time that it was time for your grandfather to have rest it was time for him to have rest he had been sick a long time your friend that overdosed that could have been God's protection for him we don't know what could have been happening later on down the road but the thing that God taught me um, one night standing out on my porch when I was, was just kind of talking to Jesus and talking to Kevin and why, you know, why, why, why. God said, Donna, I knew what Kevin's limitations were. I knew that I could still use him even when he's over here with me. If I was not ready, even though it's not how I would have intended for this to happen, if I was not ready, that gun would have misfired and it wouldn't have happened now does that make it right absolutely not that is not God's intention for us to ever take our own life but just like your your friend God knew and God it was not a second afterthought it was it was something that was already known and God already prepared that time for him but I really feel like he was right there with him. That's good. And, and Ms. Donna, we see that, that in Scripture that God works all things together for our good and for his glory. Yes. How has God, yeah, that's right, to those who are called according to his purpose. And how has that, how have you seen that? If you look back over this past, this past little journey, how has God used this? So, um, 
I, like I said, I, I feel like Jesus was there and caught Kevin. I feel like he just laid him down. I feel like the enemy lost a huge battle that day because one Kevin was released from whatever torment that, that the enemy had been torturing with and he really ticked me off. I, I'm, I've determined that day you will not gain any, any victory over this. Um, because we chose to be open and not hide the facts of what had happened. Um, I know of at least 11 people who have made decisions to not commit suicide. I know of people who have started in counseling uh, because of Kevin's story. I know a lady that works with a friend who shared Kevin's story and she asked Jesus to be her savior. So if one person has been taken from death to life, Kevin, Kevin's death was not in vain. It's not, it's not the path we would have chosen. God knows I wouldn't have chosen. But if we can turn around and we can use that for God's glory, then it's not in vain. It is not in vain. Amen. Yeah. And one thing that I know that, that I saw um, was, was at Kevin's funeral. This room was full. And not only was this room full, but this room was full of worship and of singing. And I can't remember who it was that, that yeah, we had church that day. <laughs> and, and I can't remember who it was that was speaking, but had said, you know, this is a testament to the witness of Kevin. Yes, Kevin, um, Kevin left a tremendous legacy. Um, Michael Clore, who was the first pastor that spoke, said you cannot judge the character of a man by the circumstances of his death. That's right. And he used Jesus as an example. Now that's a pretty good person to be compared to. <laughs> so, but Jesus died naked on a cross. Yes, I said naked, not naked. Naked on a cross between two thieves. Between two thieves, the perfect spotless lamb of God died a criminal's death. Could you judge his character by that? Those words minister to me more than anything that was said that whole day. You cannot judge a man's character That's right. by the circumstances of That's his right. death. Yeah. And Ms. Donna, we appreciate you so much. Um, and honestly, um, we didn't talk about this beforehand. We kind of made a decision to do this yesterday. Um, but in thinking through this and praying through this, we thought no better way to end this service than to worship. No better way. And because, as you said, God uses anything and everything. And regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, we have a reason to be thankful and we have a reason to praise. Would you guys give it up for Miss Donna? Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.